you enjoy the podcast. One thing we all know that life is not fair. When Adam and Eve rebelled against God and they decided to go with the definition of good and evil that they wanted to be, they decided to go against God. They decided to choose their own commandments, choose own definition of right and wrong. Life hasn't been fair since then. And if you wonder that why isn't life treating me well? Why isn't good things happening to me? Why am I only facing bad things and adversity? And why is this adversary is against me? Why is so animosity against me? Why is life unfair to me? If you wonder that, then you are not alone. Many people, as a matter of fact, all of the people wonder that at some point of their lives, that why isn't life fair? Life hasn't been fair since the beginning of time. Sin happened, okay? When sin happened, when Adam and Eve disobeyed God, this dark, powerful force entered, which also brought in disease, evil, suffering, and all kind of things that are negative, that are not good, whatever you can think, sin brought that into the lives of people. And now we are constantly met with challenges, problems, unnecessary problems, and the life doesn't seem as fair. Life doesn't seem as exciting. It is mixed of exciting and good and bad. And it is, it is ups and downs. That's the life. But the one thing we have to understand is that Jesus Christ would enter in this scenario where the sin had its upper hand and the devil, the enemy, was the in charge in this world. But then 2,000 years ago, Jesus enters this scenario. And then he says, I'm going to take over now. So he dies on the cross and he takes control of what was uh, what was supposed to be death and grave. He conquers them. He fights and he wins. And in sovereignty of God's plan, Jesus becomes victorious. Now, we have hope in Jesus Christ. But then, after knowing that Christ has been victorious on the cross, we are still constantly met with challenges. And we get into trouble more than we should. And I believe a lot of times, the lies get best of us. The lies that we, we, we believe, the lie that has been fed to us in our subconscious mind or which are intentionally, which you allowed in your mind. And some of them, you didn't allow them, you didn't want them, but somehow they still got in your mind and they still take control of your thought process. And those lies, I want to expose a few of those lies. It is your responsibility and it is my responsibility to confront these lies, to stand firm and then respond to these lies with the truth. Because you didn't inherit this, you didn't even want this. Some of these just came because you wanted to be a tough guy. You, you watched some movies and those movies seemed pretty cool to you and you copied, you imitated that behavior. And you some of those things, you just wanted to look cool before your friends and you started copying certain behaviors, certain idiosyncrasies from people or the celebrities and you started, you started portraying and reflecting that thing onto other people. You started projecting that to the people who are watching you so they may find you acceptable. Okay, This is the problem. The lies we, we willingly accept 
has this underlying motivation. That is, we want to be acceptable in the society. And a lot of these things has been contributed to us by the society who has a voice and who has a voice and who has a behavior modification training. The society trains you. The movies that you watch trains you. The the stories that you read trains you. All of this has this certain, this certain power in them to modify your behavior. And that has happened to us. It happens to the kids that happened in a previous generation. It will continue to happen in the next generation until we expose it, until we say this is not right. We, we have to struggle against this enemy that has come after us. This enemy has one purpose, that is to take you down. It wants to erect a wall of separation between you and God. And that's the purpose of the enemy. And your purpose is is bigger than that because God has called you. God has made you his own children. So this, the enemy cannot stand. So what he does is he attacks your personality, he attacks your mind, he attacks you, and then he makes you vulnerable. And it is easy to knock down a person who is vulnerable. Let's talk about Three of these lies that enemy propagates in your life. He wants to be the controller, the in charge of your life. But you can respond. You can respond with truth. You can respond with the attitude of God's children. Let me explain number one lies that enemy propagates. That is the existence of God. What is easier? I mean, if you never believe that there is a higher moral provider intelligent designer, intelligent person, an infinite mind behind all of those, if you never believe that, it is easy for you to believe that nothing matters. Life is just vanity. It has no purpose. It has no meaning. How can there be a meaning without a meaning giver? If there's nothing that you have to be accountable to in the end of the days, then you are going to live your life sloppy. You're going to live your life as best as you can, not as best as it has been intended. So many people believe that God does not exist. And that is such a big issue. Bible is clear on this. It says that God does exist. As a matter of fact, in the book of Psalms 14.1, it says that the fool says in his heart, there is no God. He says, there is no God. The foolish intention, the foolish mindset, he has believed in his heart and decided that I can live as though I want to live. And it, he just dispossesses this belief in God. And it's, he wants to run his life as though nothing exists. If you are a Christian, and if you, if you think, how does this relate to me? Well, anytime you act in certain ways, you act like an atheist, like in your trouble, in your problems. Many times you act as though there is no God because you misplace your trust. You trust in the tools of this world, in the things of this world. And when they disappoint you and dissatisfy you, you pull away from this faith in God and you start worrying as though you are the in charge of this life. And you are in certain ways, but not completely. So you have to be extremely careful how you display your behavior. Now, the enemy is, again, he's, he's working hard to spread this lie that God does not exist. When he accomplishes this, God does not exist, what happens is we people start to believe in something else that is on the authority and power of our own self. And some people slip into this nihilistic ideology where, yes, nothing matters. We are going to be annihilated in the end. Our death is the end of all. Then it is easy. It is easy to slip into moral misbehavior. And that's when the problem is a problem. So when enemy lies to you saying that God does not exist, you have to stand against this enemy. In your struggle, in your 
problem in your when you face with evil suffering when you face with the rampant sinful behavior of another person it is easy to say if god was in this world it wouldn't be such and such it must be that there is no god that's where the evil exists imagine this that we have put our faith in science we have put our faith in the tangible and we want to get rid of that is intangible david holmes wanted to get done with miracles and that is the essence of christianity the miracle from the beginning it has been a miracle jesus's birth has been a miracle holy spirit healing has been a miracle the christianity has been comprised with miracle and god's god's presence in the supernatural so we need to dispossess the idea that god does not exist and we need to embrace that god does exist when you understand and when you look around when you examine your own surrounding you, you will have the evidences of god's existence in the book of romans chapter 1 19 to 20 it says since what may be known about god is plain to them because god has made it plain to them for since the creation of the world god's invisible qualities his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen Sometimes we don't want to upheld the precepts and the commandments of God. So we want to do our own self-centered ways. We want to run our lives as though we have to be accountable to none. That is why we want to not believe that God exists. God requires accountability. God requires you to surrender to him, give your life to him and you be placed under his authority. And that is not a really good idea we feel like our liberty and freedom has been taken away and that is why that is why it is easy to believe that god does not exist or pretend that god is not in control and we are in control we have this idea that god might be egotistical and that is why we say this god who serves his own glory why should i be accountable to him and that is a problem why because you and i are the creation of god in his magnificent self-glorified self-exalting power are we satisfied when we see him self-exalted above heavens and when we see him glorified most glorified that's when our satisfaction is complete so we need to again dispense with the idea that we have to be in control and we don't like god being in control it does not matter because god is still god and you need to submit to him because the heavens proclaim god's glory your surrounding proclaims god's glory all of these mountain skies and the glorious um, animals all the beauty the complexity and the the organization all of this display god's glory proclaim and shout god's glory in genesis 1 31 it says then god looked over the uh, looked over what he had made and he saw that it was very good and an evening passed and the morning came so god has made all things beautiful and fantastic and amazing and he's he calls it good so when the enemy attempts to shake the foundation of your faith remember that god exists not only he exists he responds not only he responds he is with you you need to learn to give all of your worries, anxiety, depression, stress to him. The anxiety of the future, the anxiety of a necessity to be in control. You need to let God be in charge of that. If you don't believe in him, chances are you will try to change things on your own strength. And that is absolutely ridiculous. 
because you can in the scale of this small world you can enlarge your foolish because you are not going to change anything you can't even count hairs on your head so that is the problem you are trying to attempt the impossible don't succumb to the lie of the enemy that god does not exist god exists and his the evidence of god's existence are rampant in this world and you need to trust and submit yourself to God. And in all your worries, in all your stress, submit to God. Believe in God. When enemy says there might be no God or there is no God, you need to stand firm and you say, no, my God exists. I believe that my God exists. And the second lie the enemy will try to propagate in your life is you are not worthy or you're not worth anything. This is one of the great attack of the enemy on people's lives. If he can convince you that you are not worth anything and it does not matter because your self-esteem, your identity is crushed. And that is exactly what enemy tried to do in the beginning with Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve had the identity. Their identity was that they were God's children that created amazing, glorious creatures. The enemy comes and he says, what did God say about you? Did he say something? Did he command you something? And then when Adam and Eve, they spelled out, Eve spelled out what God had commanded them. He twisted what God had commanded and he tempted and deceived Eve and thereafter Adam. So he attacks the identity. What happened? God had to immediately throw them out of the garden because they were not any more sinless creatures. They had been compromised and they sinned and they could not stay in the presence of God because of their sin. And the enemy did that and he continuously again applies the same tactic again and again. He weaponizes people's feelings, weaponizes your own self-worth and he says, you are not worthy. God will not forgive you. God will condemn you. And all of these things, we need to be very careful. And when you have this feeling and that feeling says, I am not worth anything. I don't even know why I exist in this world. You need to you need to be careful and then you have to immediately understand and remember that God made you. Do not believe in the narrative that the enemy will spell in your, in your ears. You need to dispense with that idea. You need to dispossess the belief that says you are not worth it. You are always worth it because God said so. I'm not saying this. This is what God said. This is what God said to David in the book of Psalms 139, 13 to 18, he says, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You washed me as I as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid before a single day and had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you're still with me. That's the worth God puts in your life. He says, you are a wonderful creation. I made you. And when you believe about yourself that you are not worth it and you, you have nothing to contribute to the society, you are essentially saying that the one who made me is not worthy of my praise, worthy of my um, worthy of my worship. That is what you're saying. You are indirectly implying that because of lack of worth in you, you are implying that God is not worth it either. So it is a comment. It is a statement on God. 
So when you think about yourself, I'm not worth it, and why would anybody think I'm worthy of anything? You have to remember that God calls you precious. He calls you precious because He made you precious. He has put His stamp on your life, in your heart, saying that you're worthy, that I have died for you and, and, and forgiven your sins. So don't call yourself you're not worthy. Look at this. You're not just worthy. You're not just made wonderfully and complexly, beautifully. You're also designed and you have been you have been bestowed a position in heaven, a position of not a slave, but more than that. Look at the book of Romans 8:17. And since we are his children, that is the privilege that yet he has given to us, his children. And since we are his children, we are we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share in his glory, we must also suffer with him. So God is saying, you are not just children. Yes, children, but more than children. We are going to be heirs. We are going to be rulers with Christ himself in glory. And Peter says in the book of 1 Peter 2, 9, But you are not like that, for you are chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for He called you out of the darkness into His wonderful light. So you have been called out. You have been brought out of darkness into light. So that is your worth, my friends. That is your worth. You are chosen, and you have been designated a position of position of heir or his children. Now, you are God's masterpiece. He has created us new in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. That's Ephesians 2.10. We are God's masterpiece. Now, remind yourself that you are not worthless. Remind yourself that you're not the scum of this world. Remind yourself as you are the child of God. When you know this, when you're assured of your identity, you'll be able to stand any attack that enemy will aim at you. He's going to attack your identity. That is his plan. When you, when your identity in Christ um, comes crashing down, you have nothing to hope for, and you feel you're worthless. And that will destroy your self-esteem, your pride, your, your inner self that makes you human. So you need to stand and resist the voice of the devil. Don't listen to devil. Don't listen to the society. Don't listen to the culture. This culture has been messed up. The idea this culture will put forward, this culture will show or expel are most dangerous at this point. You have to filter everything that comes through and you have to believe what the Bible says. You have to believe the truth, not the lies. Stop listening. Stop listening to this world and all their affairs. Stop watching television that you are not comfortable with. Stop watching the things that destroy your relationship with Christ. Pay attention to the Word of God. Pay attention to the Holy Spirit. Listen to what God says about you, not this world or not even you. And the third lie is, I can't change. And this is another major lie that enemy has propagated in his people. People say, "Well, I want to change. I don't want to. I, I don't like the person I am. I don't like the way I act. I don't like the way I talk. But this is who I am. That's me. I can't change. 
And that is a lie. Because the Bible is clear on this, that you can change. As a matter of fact, you're supposed to be continually renewing your mind, your, your yourself. You're supposed to be changing and being sanctified in Christ Jesus. You and I have this ability. God has given us this wonderful freedom, wonderful ability to choose. We can choose joy or sadness. We can choose to be happier or always miserable. We can choose this. This is a decision that we can make. Yes, the things happen to us, but it doesn't have to be happening in us. You see, the, the accident or people might say bad things about you and you might get into trouble. Your circumstances might not be good. And a lot of things will happen to you, but they don't have to take control of your thought. They don't have to con take control of your emotions. They don't have to take control of who you can become in Christ. As a Christian, you have the identity. That identity says you are the child of God. So you don't have to, you don't have to succumb to the things of, uh, things of this world. You don't have to take in what the toxic people say. You have to always know that your identity is in Christ. So once you are in Christ, then you are able to change because God, God will change you. He'll equip you. He will, he will, he will change what you pray for and what you desire and you need to change. Now, the change is the most important thing. Change requires awareness and the awareness comes by seeking to change, seeking to improve. That is from the Bible, from the Holy Spirit. When you identify the areas of your life you think is not good, is not pleasing to God, you bring that to Christ and Christ will change your life, change the way you think. And now look at the book of Romans 12 too. It says, don't copy the behavior and custom of this world, but let God transfer you, transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. This is the scripture that says that change the way you think. Don't copy the behavior and the things of this world. Do not copy its custom, its trends. Stay away from it. Always know and learn how you can continually change. And this is how we change our thinking and from our thinking, our personality, our old self must be crucified because we are new creation of God. The old that was in us has passed away and the new has come. These three lies you need to stay away from. You need to confront them, you need to face them, and you need to attack the enemy's lies against you. Number one, again, is the existence of God. Number two is your identity, that is, I am not worth it. Then when enemy attacks your identity, respond in faith. And number three is I can't change the way I am. These three lies you need to get rid of, change, and bring it to Christ. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Thank you for listening.